Uh, welcome as well if you're watching online. It's good to have you with us. And a uh, very special welcome to Ruben, who's come to join us again. Many of you know and love Ruben. And uh, he's had an incredibly hectic day today, I believe, rushing uh, from one service to another. Um, so we're very grateful to him for coming and sharing God's word with us, being willing to do that. Um, so we're, we're praying that you're blessed as you speak to us and that uh, we're blessed through God's word as you share that with us. Uh, many of you will remember that he shared an update about um, them heading to the Philippines last time he came, and uh, he's going to give a, a brief update again uh, this evening, so we look forward to that. Well, it's a new year, and uh, we look forward to what the year may bring, uh, but how much more are we looking forward to the day when he will make all things new? says this in Revelation, and he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So let's commit our time to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a new year. Lord, we thank you for many mercies, your goodness to us. Lord, we we pray that you would be with us as we head into the new year. Uh, But Lord, we know that this world is so far from perfect. And Lord, we long for that time, Lord, when you will make all things new. And Lord, we thank you that you have the power to do that. And that you have promised that you will do that. And Lord, we look forward to that day. And Lord, tonight, Lord, as we come to worship you, Lord, I pray that you'd make our hearts ready to hear what you've got to say. Lord, that we wouldn't just hear with our ears, but we'd hear with our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd mould us and change us. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with Reuben as well as he speaks. Lord, give him the energy he needs. Give him the words to speak. Give him clarity of mind, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray that tonight may be very special, that we may know that we've met with you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how do you react when you come to God's presence? Is it something you love or is it something you sort of scuttle away from? Well, in this first song, we think about coming before the throne of grace and it says, Lord, I come before your throne of grace. And this is what the the songwriter finds in the presence of God. I find rest in your presence and fullness of joy. In worship and wonder, I behold your face singing, what a faithful God have I. Let's stand and sing.
Well, John's asked me just to make one uh, correction from this morning. Uh, if you were here this morning, you may, may remember that uh, John was encouraging us to read the New Testament and uh, just to make a habit of reading God's Word this year. And uh, for those who are tart on time, he suggested uh, reading the New Testament um, and that, that would be five chapters a day. Well, it's actually five chapters a week. Uh, so for those of you thinking five chapters a day, that's quite a bit... Um, it's five chapters a week, which, if your maths is any good, that's about one a day, one chapter a day, and it leaves you weekends free to do something else. So it's really not a huge amount. But if you do that, it'll give you a tremendous uh, boost, encouragement, uh, tremendous fuel uh, for your Christian lives going through the, the New Testament. And, uh, and think about how you do it as well. Uh, so maybe don't just read all four Gospels all at the start, maybe spread them out through the year. Uh, maybe do it with someone else as well. Um, so... Just a correction from this morning. Well, we're going to look at God's Word now, and um, Reuben's asked me to read John chapter 10, and we're going to read the first 21 verses. So it's the Gospel of John chapter 10, and it's the first 21 verses. And I don't think it'll be up on the screen, so if you've got uh, your Bibles or an app and you want to follow it along, please do. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. 
there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So we're looking forward to uh, Reuben sharing uh, God's words later on for us. Well, we're going to sing uh, again about the great God, the great God who guides, the great God who keeps us going, who protects us day and night, whether we're home and abroad. So let's sing our next uh, song, Great God. We sing that guiding hand. That's a different one. There we go. Great God, we sing that guiding hand by which supported still we stand. Let's stand and sing.
Uh, I want to plug these calendars. Okay, we've got 30 uh, sitting in the boot of my car, and they need to go because it's January. Uh, these have been designed by my wife, Kathy, and uh, each month features a scene from the Philippines with a little description about what you're seeing. So if you want one of those, please do grab one uh, at the back and feel free to put a donation uh, for a calendar. Uh, in terms of an update, uh, we are uh, probably about two months from flying out now. Uh, the plan was always January, and uh, I came to you, I think it was in uh, August, beginning of August uh, last year, and uh, that was at the beginning of a busy deputation period, and, uh, and, and we didn't really know what the future had in store for us, and COVID is continuing to prove uh, to be a problem. So uh, uh, we, we keep postponing the dates. It's probably now about end of March, early April uh, that we'll be heading out to the Philippines. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the work that we're hoping to be involved with is church planting uh, in a province called Bulacan, just north of uh, Metro Manila. Uh, about a 45-minute drive from there, and uh, and this is a work that we're hoping uh, to do uh, over a long period. Uh, we're not going short-term, but long-term, and uh, so we really value your prayers uh, and uh, and your kind words and encouragements that you've been sending us uh, over the months since I was last with you. Uh, so there's not a whole lot to say uh, in addition to what I've already said. Uh, Forty uh, churches in the UK have now heard about our plans, uh, but you are one of the first, so you are uh, privileged, I guess. And uh, yeah, just to just to please uh, ask for your prayers uh, for us as as we eventually fly out, as we settle, and uh, as we begin ministry in uh, that place, Santa Maria in in Bulacan. So uh, a couple more uh, bits to take away. I think our mission prayer cards are there and a couple of prayer letters as well. So if you want to sign up uh, for our our prayer letters, uh, I think month by month they'll be coming out, uh, then please jot your name down on on a sheet at the back. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Well, in a moment, uh, we're going to pray. Uh, But just to say, if you would like to support them, uh, please do speak to Roger and you'll be able to do that. Um, And uh, the calendars, I've only had a brief look, but they are well worth a donation from my brief look. So, uh, yeah, recommend those to you. Um, Well, let's commit them to prayer and, and pray as well. Oh, Lord God, we come before you now, Lord, grateful that we can pray to you. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would make our hearts ready to to speak to you um, together now. Lord, we we thank you, Lord, that as some of us um, were thinking this afternoon, Lord, we love because you first loved us. And Lord, it is utterly undeserved. And Lord, your love is incredibly uh, costly. And uh, Lord, we just remember how you... You came from the highest of heights uh, to die the death of a criminal. Uh, Lord, that is the extent of your love for us. And I thank you so much for that. Lord, I thank you that your love transforms us. Lord, that it gives us life, real life. And Lord, I pray that as we are given life and as we're transformed, Lord, I pray that your love would flood out of us. Lord, that it wouldn't just drip. Lord, that it would be like a tap in full flow. Lord, I pray that we would love the unlovely. Lord, I thank you that there are so many um, in our church who do that. 
so many here who love so sacrificially and so genuinely and so continually. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that that many people have found this place or the people of this church uh, to show so much love. Lord, I thank you for the testament that is of your, your working in us. Uh, Lord, it is you, as it were, bursting out of our lives. But Lord, we pray for more. Uh, Lord, I pray that more and more, Lord, that we would be a church and a community, uh, Lord, that shows you to the world around us with a love that is very real and very deep and very far-reaching and a love that is transformative to people's lives. Lord, I pray that we'd be so captured by the vision of what you've done for us that it impacts everything in our life. Lord, it makes us utterly absorbed, as it were, with you instead of ourselves. Lord, forgive us when we are absorbed with ourselves and not with you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to share your love wherever we go. And Lord, with that in mind, Lord, we bring Reuben and Kathy and the family uh, before you now. Lord, as they seek to share uh, your good news um, to the other side of the world. Lord, we we know that plans have been changing. Um, Lord, we we thank you that they're in your hands. We thank you that in some ways it's been a blessing. But Lord, we do pray that they will be able to go um, in a few months, Lord, that it wouldn't be delayed further. Lord, you know they're keen to get the work going. Uh, Lord, we we thank you for how you've brought them together. Um, Lord, years ago, Lord, you've brought them together with a a similar passion for your glory for the people of the Philippines. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would richly bless their efforts, bless their passion, uh, bless their work at um, learning the language. Lord, I just pray that all these things, Lord, you may honour, Lord, for the, the increase of your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that they are going there knowing that it is not up to them. Lord, however much they train or plan, Lord, it is ultimately not up to them. Lord, it is you who changes people. And Lord, you use our weak, feeble efforts. And Lord, we thank you for that. And so Lord, we pray that you would use them richly. And Lord, we just pray for the kids as well. Lord, it's a big move for them. But Lord, we thank you that we never lose out when we follow you. And so, Lord, I pray for those kids. Lord, I pray that even at a young age, Lord, they will be learning something of what it means to to give their lives to Jesus for his kingdom. Lord, I pray that they will grow up to be incredible witnesses for you. Lord, fill them with a similar passion to, to reach the lost. And Lord, I pray for us as a as church. Lord, at the start of a, a new year, Lord, I pray for us. Lord, I pray... Uh, as we don't know what will come our way, Lord, for good or evil, Lord, I pray that you would keep us united. Lord, I pray that we'd be rooted and built up in you. Lord, that we would be established, that we would not be easily blown about. Lord, I pray that we would put on the armour of God. Lord, that we would be able to both defend and attack the evil one. Lord, I pray that we would be a church of encouragers. Lord, a church that encourages each other, that messages each other, that calls each other, that meets up, goes for walks, goes for coffee, prays for each other. Lord, help us to be Christ-minded in everything we do. Lord, I pray that we would seek the good of others more than the good of ourselves. And Lord, I pray that we would be like a lighthouse in a stormy sea. Lord, as a church, Lord, that was the vision when it was set up. Lord, we pray that we would be like that. And Lord, we pray that you would help us as individuals as well. 
Lord, we've got, uh, God willing, very different years ahead of us. Lord, I pray that you would be of great comfort to those who are grieving, to those for whom the year ahead just feels so dark. Lord, I pray that you would be of great comfort to them. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen those who are anxious. Lord, those who are worried, those who are fearful. Lord, strengthen them, I pray. And Lord, for those who are going into the new year and they're excited about the things to come, they're looking forward, they've got plans. Lord, I pray that they would look to you for success. Lord, that they would be grateful to you for all the good things that you give them. Lord, that they would know that every good thing comes from you, our Father. Lord, we pray these things. And Lord, I just again pray for us now. Lord, I pray that you really be with Reuben as he speaks. Uh, Lord, give him the energy he needs. Lord, do help us to listen. Uh, Lord, we thank you that what he's sharing is good news and encouraging. And I pray, Lord, that it would be so. So Lord, do speak to us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we don't know the future. And uh, I'm often thankful for that. But we do know one who does. And even more than that, we know someone who has it in his hands. And so we're going to sing, I do not know what lies ahead. And if we can have the chorus up, if that's okay. I know who holds the future, and he'll guide me with his hand. With God, things don't just happen. Everything by him is planned. So as I face tomorrow, with its problems large and small, I'll trust the God of miracles. Give to him my all. Let's sing.
me invite you to take up your Bibles again. John chapter 10, and let me read to you verses 14 to 16. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Let me pray. Gracious and merciful God and Father, we do pray uh, that as we come to hear your word spoken to us now, uh, that you would change us and make us more like Christ. We thank you that there is a good shepherd uh, who we can follow into this new year. And we do pray, Lord God, that you would help us to uh, be obedient uh, in the way that we follow him, uh, that we would be faithful in the work of evangelism. And Lord, if there is a, a soul here this evening who has not yet come to a saving knowledge of Christ, uh, Lord, that they would do that uh, before it is too late, that this night uh, would be the nights that their lives were transformed. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the past two years uh, have brought about so many changes to uh, so many of our lives, countless things that uh, we once took for granted uh, have now been lost. Uh, the freedom uh, that we previously enjoyed so much has, in a sense, been stripped back from us. And uh, not just on the outside, but even inside the church, we have been forced, haven't we, to uh, modify and rework and adapt the way in which we deal with these uh, challenging and changing times. And uh, as a new year dawns, as uh, 2020, tw 2022 is now beginning, uh, we are left to wonder, aren't we, what next? Uh, what kind of, of changes will take place over the course of these next 12 months? And how different may life look uh, in a year from now uh, as it does uh, today? But in a world that is constantly changing and uh, in an environment that uh, is uh, constantly compelling us to, to kind of get with the times, there is something uh, that has not and uh, will not and must not ever change. And that is, quite simply, the, the call of the church to mission. The call of the church to mission. You and I, as believers in Christ, are even at such a time as this, commanded to, to go and to make disciples of all nations. This grand commission, this great commission given to those early disciples two millenniums ago is uh, something that has not been scrapped, but something that has been faithfully passed down to us in 2022. And my aim this evening is, is very simple. And that is to inspire each and every one of us uh, to the work of mission, to, to call you by the word of God to devote this new year and actually the, the rest of your lives uh, to the cause of the gospel, uh, to, to inspire you to be missionaries in the place that God has planted you and in the places that God is calling you. But before we come to that, I want you to have a think about uh, the special fact that when a baby is born, uh, that baby is not given a number, uh, but that baby is given a name. 
uh, 11 months ago today, uh, I was uh, sat in uh, the hospital with my wife and she delivered our third child. And uh, shortly after that, we went to the registrar and uh, we... Uh, registered the birth of that child and uh, we were asked as uh, the parents in the room uh, will remember from your experience uh, a whole range of different confirmation questions Uh, we were asked uh, when and where the baby was born we were asked what the gender of the baby is but then came the favorite question of every parent and that is what is the baby's name For about nine months previously, uh, those parents have been deliberating over, uh, arguing about perhaps a whole selection of different names for their soon-to-arrive baby. And perhaps they've had the baby name book out and they've been uh, working their way through trying to find a name uh, that they would love to give to that new child. And yet that is really all in spite of the fact that uh, they really know nothing at that point about the character and the temperament of their baby. They don't know uh, what this baby is going to turn out like at all. And yet as we turn to the word of God, I want us to see that that all the way through the New Testament, uh, you'll notice that there are no shortage of names that are given to describe the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, And yet the names are not chosen because they just sound good, and because they just seem to roll off the tongue, but those names are given to Jesus Christ because they tell us something of who he is and how he acts and why he came into the world to do what he did. And perhaps even now you're thinking of some of those uh, names that are uh, given in scripture. Uh, The names like the Lamb of God, uh, the Great High Priest, uh, the, the author and perfecter of faith, the, the way, the truth and the life. And, and, and so the list goes on. So many names to describe the person of Jesus Christ. And yet the most intimate and the most personal of all of those names is given to us here in John ten fourteen. I am the good shepherd. It's not a name that is given necessarily to Christ, but given by Christ to describe himself. I am the good shepherd. There were many other false shepherds uh, who were around at that time. Uh, they were like uh, thieves and robbers who have only uh, come to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says here, by contrast, I am not like that. No, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance or have it to the full. That was Jesus' mission for life. But if Jesus is the shepherd, well then the implication is pretty unflattering uh, for us, isn't it? It's not a very complimentary picture that Jesus has given uh, to describe the human race. Because if Jesus is the shepherd, well then we are The sheep, and you know, don't you, that sheep are not the most intimidating of creatures. They don't have uh, razor-edged claws and sharp fangs and long horns. Uh, By all accounts, they are of limited intelligence. They don't have the strength and the speed and the stamina. Sorry for the, the sheep bashing this evening, but it's true, isn't it? That sheep are pretty defenseless creatures. And so what do they need? Well, they need a protector against the predators. They need some direction. And verse 14 shows us in no uncertain terms that Jesus is that shepherd. He knows his sheep. 
you know the role of a shepherd in the in the first century was a very it was a very personal job years upon end they would be out there in the field among the flock leading them into the green pastures leading them beside still waters caring for them nurturing them and uh, though to the untrained eye all of the sheep look like the same to the shepherd he knows them by name and he can tell them apart and that is the picture of the relationship that that Jesus has towards us if we are his people this evening, he knows us, all of our defects, all of our sinful tendencies, all of those habits that we can't seem to break. Jesus knows the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm not pointing to anyone in particular, but I mean he, he knows us all, doesn't he? Inside out. And yet, and this is the remarkable thing, not only does he know us, but he loves us. And it was interesting that our brother prayed earlier, uh, God help us to love the unlovely. Because the fact is that we are by nature unlovely, aren't we? And there is nothing within us that makes us deserving uh, of the love of God. But it goes even further here in verse 15, because uh, Jesus doesn't just say it, but he shows it. He demonstrates for us his love in the laying down of his life for the sheep. You know, ancient shepherds, they, they sometimes risked their lives, but no matter how much they loved their sheep, uh, none of them ever planned to die for them. But here, the good shepherd, he's, he's planned it all out, hasn't he? He lays down his life of his own accord. So that is quite some job commitment, isn't it? How highly must this shepherd value his sheep to actually lay down his life for them? But in saying this, Jesus is pointing forwards to his crucifixion. He's pointing to the cross and he's saying that this is no accident. This is no unplanned event. The cross does not sneak up on Christ and catch him off guard. But it was always there in the eternal plan of God. We, we call it the, the, the covenant of redemption. Before the, the foundations of the world were laid. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit entered into an agreement that they would save a people. And Jesus was the answer for the problem of sin. He was the solution uh, to the great issue that faces our world even up to today. And Jesus, as our good shepherd, therefore we could say, uh, did not come into the world as a victim. But he came as a voluntary sacrifice for lost sheep in every age of history, even up to 2022, and in every corner of the globe. In every corner of the globe. And that is really what I want us to see as we move into verse 16. Having seen something in verses 14 to 15 of the nature of our good shepherd, I want us now to move down the passage and go further afield. Take a look at our text. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. The first thing, the first resolution, if you like, for 2022 that we ought to make as a church of Christ is that we are to have a vision beyond our congregation. We'd have a vision beyond our congregation. I wonder when you think about the gospel, do you have a vision beyond these four walls? Do you pray for, for other sheep to be gathered into 
the fold from, from up and down the country and from all across the globe? Is that your heart's desire for other sheep to come and experience Christ's salvation? Uh, please don't think in any way that in saying that I'm discouraging you away from praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ in the church that God has sovereignly placed you. That is a biblical thing. That's a good thing to do to, to love the body which is so diverse and so multifaceted. We must love the people that we rub shoulders with week by week. But if our thoughts and our prayers for our immediate family uh, are to the exclusion of those who who have not heard the gospel, then we've missed a vital aspect of what Jesus is saying here. And uh, John chapter 10, verse 16. It's sad to say, I think, that many Christians in a well-to-do country like our own they're just far too comfortable. They're far too comfortable with, with who they are and what they're doing and how their ministries are going. And they forget the, the vital aspect of what Jesus has said here is that there are others. There are other sheep that are not of this fold and they must be gathered in as well. It's a good thing to, again, love your church. But never to become so stuck in your cosy church bubble that you neglect the needs of others all around the world. Jesus explicitly states here that we must be active. That's the implication here. And you could just imagine as he, as he looks down his small band of 12 disciples, and, and, and they really weren't an impressive bunch at all. A pretty dysfunctional group of men, and yet he, with great enthusiasm, I'm sure, reminds them that they are not all that there is. But there are others. Christ is, is pointing here to the worldwide scope of the gospel. And, and you could just envisage, can't you, the speechless crowd as Jesus reveals to them that whilst they were a nation who had been so historically blessed under the covenants, while it had been promised to them, that through their bloodline, a Messiah would one day come. While they had been promised that a saviour was on his way. And he would be from the line of David. Yet, there were others. There were Gentiles. There were non-Jews. There were outsiders like you and me. And so I wonder, if you're a Christian this evening, aren't you grateful for a verse like this. It's a tremendous truth, isn't it? That, that Christ's flock will not be confined to believers simply from among one group of people, but the circle has extended to include us. And in one sense, you could say, if you're a believer in Christ this evening, then your name is recorded here in John 10, 16. We are the other sheep. And yet, while we may marvel at such things, while we might see this as a positive, while we might sing amazing grace, how, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me for the people of Jesus' day, uh, this would have been, well, more than a little bit problematic in their minds. Uh, this would have been cataclysmic. The things that were being spoken to them were, were, were news to their ears, but they shouldn't have been. Because he'd said it all those years before, all the way through the prophets. Even before the prophets, through Abraham, it was promised in Genesis chapter 22 verse 18. In you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And even shortly 
before Jesus was to ascend into heaven, he'd remind them again that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were left with no excuse for not understanding quite what Jesus was saying here. And to understand that the gospel is really not ethnocentric. And that's a truth that we can cling to today. A a wonderful reality. The gospel is not ethnocentric. But it is for all who will believe. And yet Jesus is here as needed then. Uh, What I believe you and I need in 2022. We need to have a vision beyond our congregation. We need to expand our horizons and to be made aware of a world that is out there, lost and dying without hope in Jesus Christ. Does that not inspire you to the work of mission? And if it doesn't, well, let me tell you this story uh, that I heard not too long ago. Perhaps you've come across it. I'm sure for some, it will be very uh, familiar to you. It's the story of a church that I think it was some 30 years ago was involved in some evangelistic outreach in this community. And uh, supposedly, uh, it's always risky saying this when you've got uh, the very person that you're speaking about in the room, uh, but uh, supposedly there was so much effort and yet there was so little fruit to show from it. The only response was when one Sunday uh, a father came into the church building with uh, apparently his reluctant 12-year-old son. And that son grew up and he got converted. And uh, he now serves as your pastor, uh, the pastor of this church, having uh, seen so many blessings uh, through uh, that ministry. And uh, and that's an amazing reminder, I think, to, to each of us, uh, particularly as it's so close to home, that, that there was just one response uh, from that outreach. And yet, what a success story. God has built this church, and he's still building this church. He's not done with it yet. And how eternally we must all be for the fact that God sometimes uses the small things to do great things for his name. How grateful I am, and I'm sure you are, for the fact that this church all those years ago was not too comfortable that they had a a vision beyond the congregation, that they were persuaded of the fact that God had other sheep that were not of this fold. If COVID has caused you to lose that spark, then may we gain it again as we remember uh, the way that God works through weak people like us. But the second resolution that we could make for 2022 is to be involved more in, a mission, in the mission, because there is a mission that demands our attention as much as we need a, a vision, we need to be involved in the mission. Look again at verse 16, I have other sheep which are not of this fold, I must bring them also. Not only are we to be missionary minded, but we are also to be missionally active. Notice Jesus doesn't say I might, but I must bring them. I've been reading uh, with my wife every evening 
uh, uh, we're reading through missionary biographies. We're trying to inspire ourselves for the for the work that lies ahead for us. And uh, I heard about a, a lesser known missionary. I'd be surprised if if any or many of you know this man. His name was Peter Cameron Scott. And as a young man, he was sent overseas to Africa. But like many in the 1800s, he was soon forced to return home again uh, because he contracted malaria. And every step forwards in ministry always was uh, quickly followed by two steps back. Every blessing that he uh, encountered was quickly counteracted, it seemed, by a trial. And so he came back, but he was given another shot. And this time he was to go out to Africa with his brother by his side. But a few months into the journey, and it was cut short because his brother uh, had died and he was left to, to bury him. Uh, all by himself and he began to question his calling he began to ask whether he was really cut out for this mission maybe he should just pack his bags and call it a day well he did come back but not for long because he went to London and he went to Westminster Abbey and he stood at the gravestone of a previous missionary pioneer named David Livingstone and he read the words on that gravestone that are the words of our text this evening I have other sheep which are not of this fold I must bring them also and it was from that moment from John chapter 10 verse 16 that that God began to re-energize and to kickstart this deflated discouraged missionary back onto the field and there he spent the rest of his life devoted to his calling sold out for the gospel seeing so much fruit from his labors and eventually establishing the work of Africa inland mission. All of this simply because of the promise that is contained in our passage. One of the benefits of not having my wife with me as I say this is she'd be nodding and amening as, uh, as I confess to something. Uh, when I say that I must do something, well there's always the likelihood that it won't get done. I procrastinate, I get easily distracted, I go way off on a tangent, and yet listen to what C.H. Spurgeon said uh, when he spoke of Jesus in this passage. He said, whenever Jesus says must, something comes of it. Who can resist the omnipotent must? If Jesus says must, difficulties vanish, impossibilities are achieved, and so in, in preaching the gospel, I'm not fishing with a chance, and a perhaps that some may come, but they shall come. What a conviction, and what a conviction ought to be in our hearts this evening as well. But I wonder if instead of saying something like that, you, you kind of excuse yourself and you say, well, uh, it doesn't say here that it's down to the church. It doesn't say that it's down to a select individual, but, but Jesus must gather the other sheep. Uh, and so what do we do? Well, do we just let go and let God? Do we just sit on our hands and say, well, well, God will gather in his, uh, his, his lost sheep? Is that the implication of the text? Well, no, not at all. While we believe wholeheartedly that God will build his church, while we affirm that God is totally sovereign in salvation, yet God has a means of accomplishing his purposes in the world. And that is through people like you and me, broken vessels, people that might not look like much from the outside, but can be used 
for greatness for the kingdom of God. You see, when Jesus says here, I must gather them, that doesn't provide us with an excuse for neglecting mission, but actually the very fuel upon which mission runs. If Jesus is going to gather them and he uses people like us, then we've got no other option. We must get busy in the work of evangelism. It is our responsibility to be the means by which the message goes out to the world. And, and we can be sure, can't we, that people will hear. People will hear. That's a promise in verse 16. The good shepherd will speak through his servants. And through their proclamation, other sheep will be faithfully brought into the fold. What a great incentive that ought to be for us as a church in our witness. How, how much must this inspire us uh, to be uh, missionaries in our place that we live? I had this quote uh, that I used to love so much, I pinned it up to my corkboard when I was a fresher at university, but I had to take it down because somebody came over and they just said, look, that's just not true. Uh, the quote was, uh, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. And it sounds really good. And in one sense, it's true that our life matters and the way that we live ought to be so distinctive that people begin to ask us for a reason for the hope that is within us. But ultimately, foundationally, it is through words that God will bring people in. Have a think of Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to be vocalizing the gospel that we have. It's not enough just to live in a different way, but we must live in a way that screams, Jesus saves. I wonder, are you doing that? We're God's chosen method. We're God's chosen method to reach out to a world that is dying in sin and heading to a lost eternity. The question is, are are you sharing the news? Are you willing to take this text as your as your search warrants within your communities? Are you seeking out the other ship, the other sheep rather? Are you willing to do for others what, what other faithful believers have done with you? What's amazing about a church of this size is that there are so many testimonies in the building, but all of those testimonies focus on one person. We all come from different angles, different life experiences, different cultures and backgrounds, but we come to say, Quite simply, that Jesus saves. And there are many links in the chain that brought us to faith in Christ. Are you being a link in a chain? And so then, just briefly in closing, having been made aware of a vision that is beyond our congregation and a mission that demands our attention, I want us to look finally and briefly at the bottom line of verse 16 at a union because of our salvation. We need to have the vision. We need to be involved in the mission. But then let us be persuaded of the unity that comes through salvation. The other sheep will listen. But something even greater is the future promise that there will be one flock and one shepherd. Do you see that? In other words, Christ will accomplish something globally among all people. His kingdom and his flock will be comprised of people from all over the place. 
black and white, rich and poor, male and female, slave or free, whatever distinctions the world sets up, God says they can be saved through Jesus Christ and faith in him and repentance of sin and, and, and heaven will be a colourful melting pot of humanity, won't it? Every tribe and people and tongue and nation will be there. And that great multitude standing before the throne and before the Lamb singing, salvation belongs to the Lord. What a glorious prospect lies ahead. Not just in 2022, not just here in the present, but for all eternity. What a glorious prospect. And more than this, God is even up to today. He's still seeking and saving the lost. This year, we don't know what lies ahead as we've sung already, but we do know that God will save people. He'll gather in sheep, even in the darkest places in our world, even in the, the most unlikely of circumstances. God will get his people to heaven. And it's not a maybe, is it? But notice the certainty and the guarantee in that final word, in that final verse, he will do it. There will be one flock and one shepherd. You know nothing that we can ever do will ever uh, abolish the distinctions between nations. There will always be terrorism and warfare and divided countries and uh, you just look back, don't you, at the, the highlight reel of the last two years through this pandemic and the, the loss of life and the, the, the crime and the corruption and all kinds of things that just make our blood boil. Sin has ruined the world in which we live. And yet there is coming a day and we're one year closer now than we've ever been before to the glorious things that are in store for us. That real And that visible unity of those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and shepherds. That's the commonality of those of you who are believers here this evening. You have unity because of salvation. And so that's the message. But I wonder, are you involved, therefore, in the work of mission? Have you got a heart for for other sheep to be gathered into the flock? Because you know the truth is this, the the good shepherd has, has laid down his life for the sheep. And the challenge is this, will you not, in response, in this year to come, give your lives for the cause of the other sheep? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for our good shepherd. We thank you for Jesus Christ who has lived a life that we could never have lived and who died the death that we deserved and yet who rose again and intercedes for us and empowers us for this work of mission. Oh Lord God, we pray for Crowborough, we pray for England, we pray for the world at large that this would be the year that you revive our towns, cities and countries, that you would bring many to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that you would help us to be like links in a chain, that you would give us the courage and the confidence and the conviction that you will do these things by your will and in your time 
But Lord, help us therefore to be faithful. Help us to, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature and do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing our final hymn now. And uh, this is a first for me. I've not come across this hymn before. I feel like every time I come here, we sing a, a, a hymn which is new to me. But this is a, a hymn about uh, the theme of mission and uh, reminding ourselves who it is uh, that is over and in all. Father, God of mission, send your living words to each tribe and nation, those who have not heard, gathering a people from all humankind, those who did not seek you are the ones you find. So let's stand and worship the Lord together.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words that we've heard this evening. And Lord, I pray that as we go away from this place, as we go into a new year, uh, Lord, that we would not forget them, but Lord, that they would take root and grow in our lives, and they may be very effective for your honour and for your glory. And Lord, I just thank you for answering prayers for helping Reuben this evening. And Lord, I pray that you continue to be with him as he's got other speaking engagements this week. Lord, do bless him and encourage him. Lord, thank you that we've heard your word tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen.